Welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. We're in Matthew chapter 25. Just wrapping up this wonderful book. It's getting getting pretty serious. Getting pretty serious. So put on your seatbelt and just ride this thing to the end. Parable of the Ten Bridesmaids. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, hmm, it says they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Not some of them, but all of them. Interesting. Only difference is five of them had oil. Five of them didn't have enough oil, enough Crisco, enough coconut oil. All right. (laughs) I just had this thought. I was like, why would they need oil? Like, I know, yeah, it was for their lamps, but. I just had this thought, like, what if they use some of it on their hair? That's why they didn't have enough. That's how I thought. All right. When the bridegroom, there were some sisters. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Verse 6. At midnight, they were roused by the shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. And the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Hmm. Verse 9, But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Hmm. Verse 10, But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Parable of the three servants, verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned earned two more. So 100% return for the virtues, guys. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. 
Verse 21, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Hmm. I wonder what those responsibilities are. Let's celebrate together. Verse 22, the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 24, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Hmm. Then he ordered, then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and weeping and gnashing of teeth. That don't make you tremble. This outer darkness. I don't know what else will. The final judgment. Verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And the king will say to those on his right. It's interesting, too. When I went to the zoo with my son, as we were walking through the area where the sheep and the goats, the sheep were actually on the right side at the Kansas City Zoo and the goats were on the left side. And the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when do we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When do we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you curse once into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Now, the hard thing, I need to read some more commentary on this scripture. Like, does this just apply to actual people? Like, let's say you're a Christian and you never did prison ministry ever. Does this apply to you? Um, you may have not done all the things on the list. You may have done at least like one of the things on the list, right? 
And does this also apply to people that are spiritually in prison and in bondage? Not necessarily physical prison, because there's a lot of people who are on the outside. There's more people, I feel like, personally, who are outs- outside of our prison system who are in spiritual bondage prisons, right? And uh, I can't really m- remember a time where I've actually actually ever had somebody, like a complete stranger in my house, like a homeless person or anybody just I don't know as a married person I wasn't super comfortable having a complete stranger in our house with kids and even now I'm just uncomfortable having somebody here right now Um, mainly I get my kids every other weekend and I gotta be careful I just let over here so I kind of wonder, like, what if you only did, like, one of the things on the list? Like, you fed hungry folks and fed thirsty folks. And once again, not just people you see on the side of the road, right? I'm also talking about, like, people you might have fed the gospel who were spiritually hungry and spiritually thirsty. It's one of my favorite things I like to share when I've had people in my car or just recently is the whole John chapter 4 scripture about um, yeah the woman at the well that woman was spiritually thirsty she was physically thirsty but she didn't realize how much she was spiritually thirsty so anyway let me keep reading verse 44 then they will reply Lord when do we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you Hmm. Good question. And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. And this is a hard, this is kind of a hard word too, because it's like we're saved by grace, not by our works. So all those things that were listed are good works. And so we're saved for good works. So there's these good works that are predestined for the foundation of the earth. And you know what those are. God will. I've had situations where people come across my path that I've been able to help. And I'm like, when I help them, I'm like, well, that totally wasn't me. Like, I wasn't in the mood to do it. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, it's one thing. Have you ever like signed up to go volunteer and do something? And you just did it kind of just like. And don't get me wrong, God blesses that too when we do things and when we don't feel like doing it and we just honor him. But then there's other times, these times where we're just going throughout our day and we run across somebody that crosses our path that you like you personally feel God has sent you to help that person. And you just so happen to have, you know, a couple dollars in your wallet or spare blankets or a hoodie or, you know, so you had something in your hand to give that person or a ride to give them somewhere, whatever. You allow them to stay at your place, whatever. And it was totally, and you felt peace about it. Like you weren't worried about them stabbing you or stealing from you. And I don't know. What I'm trying to say is it's like something about when the power of the Holy Spirit is on it and you know it's like, it was, it was it's God doing, working through you. It wasn't you. So, anyway. Let's keep going. We're almost done.
Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.